Welcome to the Battlefield Baptist Church Podcast. We are so glad you joined us and pray that this message is a blessing to you today. This week, in honor of Thanksgiving, Pastor gave us the message, Everyday Things. In your Bible, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, man, I hope you're excited uh, to be in the Lord's house. You know, the Bible tells us that this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I hope that you're glad in the Lord's day. And man, if you're visiting with us, you're one of our special guests today. Thank you for being here. You have honored us with your presence in the Lord's house. And uh, I know many families are traveling this time of year as they get ready to celebrate Thanksgiving. But today I want to talk to you about everyday things. And no, I will not be talking uh, about Margie, your chair today. Uh, my, I said I was going to talk about everyday things. Margie said, my chair is part of my everyday things. I said, well, I'll see if I can work it in somehow. So I just did. Amen. No, I want to talk to you about everyday things uh, as we go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Let's open with prayer today. Father, we thank you for what we've seen, what we've heard, and what we've experienced. God, the gift of music that soothes our soul, that draws us to the foot of the cross. God, I pray that you'll continue to bless those that are in our music ministry. God, I pray you'll add to the number, God, that others might desire to make a joyful noise unto you each and every day. God, that they'd be a part of that. Father, I pray that you would uh, bless your word as it goes forth, that it might uh, fall upon the good soil of our hearts. God, that we might conform more to the image of your dear Son. And Father, we'll give you the praise, we'll give you the glory and the thanksgiving for all that you'll do in the next few moments of time. For it's in Jesus' precious name that we do pray, and for his sake, amen and amen. Well, I want to tell you, uh, I know whenever a pastor starts with, I heard a story, everybody's like, all right, you heard a story. But I do want to start by telling you this story I heard about an elderly woman. She was known for her faith, but she was not only known for her faith, she was known for how bold she was in sharing her faith. And as the story goes, this woman, every morning she would walk out on the front porch of her house and she had that thought in mind, this is the day that the Lord has made. And so it it was said of this woman that she would go out on the front porch and she would say, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, I'm so excited for a new day. And as this would go on, her next door neighbor would get angrier and angrier and angrier because she would do it at the break of day. And her neighbors started hollering back, there is no Lord. There is no God. Shut up, lady. The lady was not to be messed with. Even though he would rant and rave, every time she would make her faith known, every time she would praise the Lord, she would not be denied. He would continue to berate the lady and day by day it mattered no difference to her. She just kept on doing what she did best, which was praising the Lord. There was one season of life that hard times befell this old lady and she got to the point where she really didn't have much. She, she had barely enough to eat and it was one of those lean seasons of her life that she was out on the front porch and she was lifting up her praise to God and she said, Lord, praise you. I want to praise you. Thank you for your goodness. But God, you know my need. You know that I'm going through a period of hard times. And Lord, I need you to provide in this time like you've done before. And God, I just need some food. 
that I might be able to continue in life's journey. Her neighbor angry with her. The lady went back into her house. The next morning, the lady came out and she was astounded. She came out to the front porch and noticed that there was a large bag of groceries sitting on her front porch. She got overly excited. She started jumping up and down and she started screaming and praising God. And she said, praise you, Lord. Praise you. You are God on high. And right at that moment, her neighbor jumped out and said, aha, there is no Lord. I'm the one that went and bought those groceries. <laughs> to that, the lady started laughing hysterically. She started clapping hysterically. She said, oh, thank you, Lord. You not only brought me groceries, you made the devil pay for it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, amen. Let's go home. <laughs> Well, that's not only a humorous story, guys. That's a story of a woman who was extremely, extremely thankful. Oh, God, help us to be more thankful today than we were yesterday. Folks, do you know that being thankful is one of the most important Christian, uh, most important characteristics of a Christian? It really is. It is so incredibly important because without this attitude of gratitude residing inside of our hearts, our witness, by the way, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. Jesus said these words, and ye shall be witnesses. Without an attitude of gratitude, our witness and our message to the world is going to be warped. It's going to be unproductive. And so I want to encourage you this morning, as we look at God's Word, I want to see what He has to say about everyday things. These are things, quite frankly, that should be a part of our lives, not just in November, not just on Thanksgiving Day, but these things that I want to talk to you about, Paul, writing to the church at Thessalonica, says quite succinctly, these need to be a part of your life every day. And so if you will, look with me at our passage in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And draw your attention to where Travis read just a little bit ago. Notice with me what the Bible has to say in verse number 16 and following. The Bible says, Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And so if you're a note taker, number one, the first thing that we ought to be doing every, th- every day, we need to be joyful. We need to be joyful. The Bible says rejoice evermore. And the Apostle Paul is not talking about, don't get him wrong, he's not talking about being happy as the world defines happiness because that word never exists in the New Testament. He's speaking about joy. Do you know that God wants you to be joyful today, sir? Ma'am, young person, God wants you to actually be joyful. He wants you to have joy residing in your heart this morning. And, and I don't know, but as I look around, I think he's given us pretty good reasons to be joyful. I mean, let's consider the facts. Listen, Paul is writing to the church at Thessalonica the same thing that he wrote earlier to the church at Philippi. 
In fact, in Philippians 3.1, he begins that, that passage there. It seems as though he's going to conclude, but then, you know, we have Philippians chapter 4. But in Philippians 3.1, the Apostle Paul says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. And then just a few verses later, in chapter 4, verse 4, we see that he says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again, I say rejoice. Listen, as a believer... If you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, I pray that before you walk out of here, you'll do that. But I can assure you that if you never have asked Jesus to forgive you, if you've never asked him to come inside of your heart and to take up residence in your heart, it's going to be real hard to be joyful on a daily basis. It's going to be hard. And quite frankly, you're not going to want to do the other things that I'm going to talk about either. And so this is really the idea of being joyful is something that takes place after we become believers, after we trust Christ as our Savior. Listen, we can celebrate and be joyful. Why? Because of the things that God has done. Now think about this. We can be joyful because when I think about our Lord, He is Creator. Hold on. Am I I in a different church? I thought this thing said Battlefield Baptist Church. I just said we can be joyful because He is our Creator. That's amazing. Either we believe it or we don't. If we don't, let's just head on down to the buffet. Get in line early. Listen, we can be joyful because he's creator. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's holy. He's the anointed one. He's wonderful. He's our counselor, our mighty God, our prince of peace. He's the everlasting father. He's the beginning and the end, the light of the world, the good shepherd, the door, the great I am, the bread of life, our healer and forgiver, our savior, our redeemer. Are you tired? Because I am. He's our healer and forgiver, our savior. Uh, He's the way, the truth, and the life, the resurrection and the life. He's the true vine, the Bible says. He's He's the word. He's the rose of Sharon. He's our prophet, priest, and king. He is Messiah. He is mediator. And I like this one because I used to be a military man. He is our leader and commander. There is no other leader or commander aside from Jesus Christ the righteous. And you say, my goodness, why go through that diatribe of listing all the names? Because just like the apostle Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica, I believe we have a problem sometimes remembering. We have a memory problem. I remember when I was a kid, I forgot my lunch money. Remember back in the day, I could go to school and I think it was like 40 cents. And it was like my mom would put a quarter, a nickel, and a dime. And she would stack them there on the top of the counter. I was either taking lunch or I would buy lunch. And my mom was the most amazing woman that I've ever known. Listen, she knew that my oldest brother, what he liked according to the school menu. And if, this is crazy. And so she would either make our lunches or send lunch money based on what the school menu was serving. Back then, I mean, they were great lunches, man. I mean, who didn't love that big square of pizza on Friday? Man, it almost makes me want to go back to school. I mean, but I was kind of gross, you know, back then. I used to take ketchup packets and put ketchup all over my pizza. I mean, it's like, it's like now I know why my son puts ketchup on everything. I mean, it's like, who is this kid? Oh, right, I did that too. Okay. But I would forget my lunch money. It's so easy to forget. And if we're not careful, we forget to be joyful. Listen, today we can be joyful because of who Christ is and what he has done. 
Listen, honestly, because we have a remembering problem, Paul says in verse number 16, notice it again, he says, rejoice evermore. Um, How long does he say to rejoice? Say that again with me, how long? Okay, I don't know, I'm not the smartest or the sharpest tool in the shed. How long is evermore? Yeah, that's good. Forever and ever and ever. And we could be like that broken record. Paul says rejoice evermore. And that's what he wants us to do. I think a Psalm, verse number 5, David. David says this in verse number 11 of Psalm 5. He says, but let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. He's speaking. He says, God, let all those people that put their trust in you rejoice Let them ever, now notice here's a word that's going to make you uncomfortable if you've never done this in your life before. He says, let them ever shout. Thank you, Wesley. Thank you. Let them ever shout for joy. But notice he goes on, he says, because thou defendest them, let them also love thy name. Them that love thy name be joyful in thee. Listen, not only what, what David is saying is that joy shouldn't just be taking place on the inside. It should be something that is communicated on the outside. So let me ask the question. When was the last time you shouted for joy because of Jesus? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, brother, that wouldn't be proper. Now listen, you might get up there with your fancy pants and you might get up there and shout about being joyful, but that's not proper. We just don't do that. Well, hold on. Why not? I didn't say it. I'm not telling you to shout for joy. But God is. God says, shout for joy. If you believe in me and you trust in me, you ought to shout for joy. Well, six of you thought so. Guys, we need to be joyful. We need to buy up the opportunities. You know what Psalm 33 says? Psalm 33, verse number 1 says rejoice. And that word, if you study it in the Hebrew, it means to shout. To to rejoice, to shout is what it's saying. Shout in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely. Now that word comely means that it's suitable. It means it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. To shout for the upright. Listen, we could go through Psalms, and I had about six or seven other verses listed. I was like, no, we don't need to go there. All we need to understand is that we need to be joyful. Listen, rejoicing in the Lord or being joyful is a command. It is not a choice. We have choices about a lot of things, but this is not a choice. The Bible says we're to rejoice evermore. Our joy or our contentment, if you please, doesn't spring up from circumstances. You know, it's like if you've got something raining on the inside or something that's causing you trouble, don't look to that to give you joy. Look to Jesus to bring the joy into your life. Listen, circumstances will never lead to joy, but the blessing of being one of God's children should cause us to be joyful. Listen, He has saved us. He looks after us. He provides for us. He cares for us. I think of Nehemiah. In Nehemiah chapter 8, the Bible reminds us that when we have joy, we have strength. The Bible reminds us in Romans 15, 13, that when we have joy, we actually abound in hope. The Bible reminds me in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 3, that when we have joy, it actually helps others to be joyful. 
I was talking in Sunday school class, you know, the story of the ten lepers that were hanging out together. That was a community of misery. Isn't that what we say? Misery loves. I want to hang out with miserable people. I want to hang out with people that are happy and joyful. That's why we get together with one another. To encourage one another. To be joyful with one another. And so Paul says rejoice evermore. And so I want to encourage you. Be joyful every day. Secondly, notice verse number 17. The Apostle Paul says pray without ceasing. Now, let's go ahead and get this rudimentary uh, 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 exercise out of the way. He says, pray without ceasing. Now, what does that mean, those words, without ceasing? Don't stop. That means continually we're to continue in prayer. Now, I know what you're thinking. Pastor, um, I commute to work, and if I close my eyes for one second, I'm going to be in an accident on I-66. That's not what Paul's saying. He's saying, bring yourself continually in the presence of God. That you might be in an in a uh, atmosphere of prayer, a condition where your mind is meditating on the Word of God and the power of God. I think about David. The Lord was David's refuge. That means he was his, his security, his hiding place. And so what's really cool about David is he took everything to the Lord in prayer. David was a man of prayer. In fact, in Psalm 55, verse 16 and 17, David writes these words. He says, as for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. And then notice what he says in 17. He says, evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry out loud, and he shall hear my voice. What was David known as? He was known as a man after what? And as a man after God's own heart, he knew that the Lord his God would hear his cries. And so David said, I want to get close to God. And so David says, I'm going to cry after my God. I'm going to make my petitions known. I'm going to come into the presence of Almighty God. And I'm going to lift up my prayers. If you go to Psalm 119, in fact, way, way down the line, in verse like 164, the Bible talks about the psalmist says that he, he went through these various acts of devotion towards God seven times a day. If you read about Daniel... Uh, in Daniel chapter 6, Daniel prayed. We know from, from just even uh, Daniel chapter 6, verse number 10, we know that Daniel prayed at least, at least three times a day. And so how often do we pray? Everyday things. Everyday things. Paul said, listen, pray without ceasing. Our prayer life or the lack of prayer is going to have a huge impact not only on my life, but it's going to have an impact on the life of others around me. If I'm not praying, if I'm not joyful, and I'm not being prayerful, that was point number two, be joyful, be prayerful. If I'm not living in a state of prayer, it's going to affect my relationship with my wife. It is. It's going to affect how I govern or lead in the home as the spiritual leader. If I'm going to try and impart some type of biblical wisdom or encouragement to my children, listen, one's already gone, one's here. Listen, I have to be a man after God's own heart. I have to be exercising joy every day. I need to be prayerful every day. I put this down. 
the prayer life or the lack of prayer life, it's going to have a huge impact. But here's the thing. I'm encouraging you to be joyful a couple of minutes ago. If you look at John chapter 16, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, he says in verse number 24 of John 16, notice what he says. He says, hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. But then notice these words. He says, ask and ye shall receive. Now, what else does he say? That your joy might be full. You see, prayer and joy are connected. They're connected. In fact, I wrote this. The person of joy is going to pray, and the person of prayer is going to have joy. The person of joy is going to pray, and the person of prayer is going to have joy. In Luke chapter 18, the Bible says that men ought always to pray and not to faint. In layman's turn, the message is that you and I need to maintain a spirit of prayer and never allow the circumstances of life to get us to fall away from praying. And they will do it. Believe me, all you have to do is wake up and you don't feel good. You wake up and that dirty little devil convinces you that today's going to be a bad day right from the outset. He convinces you that your health is in, not a, is in such disarray that you can't do anything for God. But I'm here to tell you, you can do something for God. We can be joyful and we can be prayerful and we can allow the Word of God and the Spirit of God to work in our life in such a way. Not in a kooky kind of way. I'm not trying to tell you to go out here and be kooky. Ain't nobody going to want to be attracted to Christ if you go out here and you're kooky. But you can go out here and be joyful and you can go out here and be prayerful and you know what? I, I just believe that God will use those things in our lives to draw other people unto himself. It ain't about my glory. It's about his glory. And the same is true for all of us. Listen, what are we doing? Are we joyful? Are we prayerful in such a way that God could use it in our life? 1 John 1, 9 reveals that when we pray, as we confess our sins, we find forgiveness. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16 encourages us that when we pray, we actually find grace and mercy to help in our time of need. The Bible tells us in Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7, teaches us that when we pray and we make our requests known unto God, that you and I will experience a peace that passes all understanding. And so I simply say, number one, be joyful. Number two, be prayerful. And finally, number three, and lastly this morning, I say be grateful. Be grateful. Notice verse number 18. Verse number 18 says these words. It says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now let's go through our exercise. Let's go through our exercise because first we understand rejoice evermore. How long? Evermore. We talked about pray without ceasing. And now we have this opening phrase, in everything, give thanks. So in what circumstances are we to give thanks? So when you're sick, what are we supposed to do? When you're financially distraught, what are we supposed to do? When you have a loved one that passes away, what are you supposed to do? When you have somebody uh, that lies about you, what are you supposed to do? The Bible says, bless them that persecute you. You give thanks, not for the person that's spreading lies, gossip, and rumor, but you give thanks to God because he's still on his throne. And obviously he's allowed it for some reason. And so we can give thanks. 
Listen, I have been, I have heard more rambling of lips over my years than, than probably any. I mean, we used to hear it in the military all the time. Backbiting and gossiping and whatnot with one another. Listen, we can still give thanks. But I'm afraid, I'm afraid that sometimes we only stop to give thanks after our needs, after our wants, and after our desires have been met. The Bible says, in everything give thanks. In Ephesians 5, verse number 20, the Bible says, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the point. When I think about God loading us up, He he, he really does load us up with His benefits daily. I mean, it's only because of His kindness and His love that we can have a relationship with Jesus. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So we see God's kindness, but we also see his benefits day after day being bestowed upon us. And so the question really that befalls all of us is, are we really grateful? Are we really grateful? You know, this morning as I was getting ready, I, I started thanking God for crazy things. I was thanking him for the soap in my hand. I was thanking him for the warm water that was coming out of that thing on the wall. Jeff, you know what those things are, like a shower head, whatever. I was thanking him for the water. I was thanking him for the water heater that was making the water hot. I was thanking him for the shower stall. I was thanking him, I was thanking him for the drain that was not clogged. The water was actually draining. I was thanking him for all kinds of things. I, I put shampoo on what little hair I still have left. Listen, I have to coach this hair to look like this. It doesn't happen on its own, everybody. You know, I know some of y'all are like, look at me. I, it's like, hey, this takes a lot of work, okay? I'm about ready to give up, Mark. I'm about ready to just go, and give up. But I put the shampoo on my head and I, I was like, that actually feels good. Thank you, Lord. You ever, you ever just rub your head? I was like, oh, this is so good. It's going to be a good day. Oh, we can thank him for the little things. But let me ask you a question. What are the things you thank? What do you thank God for? What are the benefits that you're thankful for? Because, see, I said in every circumstance, we ought to thank God. So let me ask these questions. Do we thank him for the benefits of painful experiences? Do we thank him for the benefits of growing us when things seem to get worse rather than better? Do we thank him for the benefits of always seeming to bless others first? You know, you look over at your neighbor and they seem to be prospering. You're like, they don't even go to church. How dare them? They don't even worship God and they're making all kind of money. And look at me over here. I can't even feed my family. Just bless God. Praise the name of the Lord. It ain't your job to worry about them. You need to take care of yourself first. Amen? Let's be joyful, let's be prayerful, and let's be uh, grateful. Listen, we need to be joyful, prayerful, and grateful. Listen, Paul's not suggesting that you and I should thank God for dreadful ordeals such as accidents, loss of life, or sin. What he is saying is that no matter what we face, that we would get on our knees, that we would verbally proclaim our joyfulness, that we would pray to him and that we would give him the thanks 
that only He is worthy of. Listen, our God's going to work it all out anyway. Romans chapter 8 says this. It says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are the called according to His purpose. It doesn't matter whether it seems like something is for us or it seems like it's against us. We can praise His holy name. I like uh, what that great orator and pastor of yesteryear, the Dr. Adrian Rogers of the Bellevue Baptist Church, he put it this way when he said this. He said, God promises a safe landing, not a calm passage. We can praise Him. We can thank Him. We can be grateful in the things of life. But folks, I want to tell you something that is a stench in the nostrils of Almighty God. And that's unthankfulness. God has no room for unthankful people. You see, I told the Sunday school class that our faith actually grows in gratitude. God has no no desire to work with unthankful people. You say, well, how do you know? Because the B-I-B-L-E tells me so. In Colossians 3, the Bible lists some things, some garments, if you please, that we're supposed to put on. In verse number 12, the Bible says, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy. Put on that. Kindness. Put on that. Humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, notice it says, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And then verse 15, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body. And what does he finish it up with? And be ye be thankful. In Romans chapter 1, verse number 18, the Bible says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. If you move forward just a few verses, in verse number 21, the Bible tells us that one of the things, one of the things, not the whole list, but one of the things that defined the ungodly and unrighteous behavior of men was the fact that they were unthankful. In the end times, Timothy writes about the last days in 2 Timothy chapter 3. And I wrap it up here. And in verse number 1, the Bible says here in 2 Timothy chapter 3, it says, know this know also, that in the last days perilous, and that word perilous actually means dangerous. And so he says, know this, that in the last days dangerous or perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, notice, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. Making the list of those things that would be evident in the last time And we're certainly living in those days unthankful. Folks, we need to be known for having an attitude of gratitude right now, today, tomorrow, throughout the rest of this week, throughout the days ahead. We need to exercise this attitude of gratitude. And these three things that I've outlined today for us are everyday things. They're not simple suggestions. They are not simply good advice from the Lord. They are God's will for us. Notice verse 18 one more time. If you guys will throw that up for us as we close. Verse number 18 says, In everything 
give thanks. Now, if you know me, you know that after a colon, I always ask the question, why? Why are we to give thanks? Well, what you need to understand is that verse 16, 17, and 18 are tied together. So we're to rejoice evermore, we're to pray without ceasing, in everything we're to give thanks. Why? Because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It's God's will for you to be joyful. It's God's will for you and I to be prayerful. And it's God's will for you and I to be grateful. Not just on Thanksgiving morning, but every morning. And so I encourage you to do so. Everyday things. Be joyful, be prayerful, and be grateful. And I know the Lord will bless you because of it. Let's pray. Thank you so much for listening. For more information about our ministry, please go to battlefieldbaptist.org or follow us on Facebook or Twitter. See you next time.